This is What I've Learned From Women, a podcast for creatives, business owners, and quiet rebels. I'm your host, Claire Coofland, a certified coach specializing in helping women find their inner rebel and live life on their terms. Each episode will share stories and empower and support each other. This is episode two. This week, I'm joined by the wonderful Sarah Tasker of Me and Orla. We have known each other for over two years now. We found each other on Twitter. So, you know, Twitter's not all bad. And um, yeah, we've become friends. We are kind of, I don't know, we ask each other advice about our businesses. I work within her business, but we also have become quite good friends. And yeah, she's just an amazing human, really inspires me. And has taught me so much. So it's really lovely to welcome her to the podcast to talk about women and what she's learned from them. Hi, Sarah. Hello, Claire. This is an exciting new dynamic for us. Yeah, we worked together for a while, haven't we? We have, and we've never done a podcast together. So it's overdue, frankly. Absolutely. So do you want to tell everyone a little bit about what you do? Yeah, so I have one of those jobs that's incredibly difficult to define, like so many of us these days. The good version is I help people to tell their stories online through words and in pictures. But what that actually looks like is I have a book, I have a podcast, I have lots of social media accounts, I teach classes, I'm a coach. Uh, And for me, it's all about the experience I went through of the internet changing my life and changing my whole relationship with myself and building this audience of like-minded people who gave me permission to explore parts of my life I'd never really thought I deserved or thought I was capable of and so I'm on a mission to help other women go through that to see that actually all the answers that they're seeking for are actually the qualities they already have and that they can achieve whatever they want to achieve if once we start accepting that oh yeah that's yeah sounds great (laughs) sounds sounds exactly like what you do given that we work together so yeah amazing (laughs) 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 so should we go into the questions yeah, these questions, Claire, my goodness. <laughs> Sorry, I know. Hard like, questions. Oh, well, we'll see how we get with them, right? <laughs> I mean, it's a good thing, right? Because normally you get questions and you're like, yeah, okay, I've answered those before. But I was like, I don't know about some of these. I'm going to have to really think. Yeah, I recorded a version um, for myself last week. And yeah, I found them really hard as well. I had to really think about them. So apologies. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's all good. Okay, so um, what's the best advice you've been given? Okay, I'm going to open up my notes in case I forget mm-hmm. what I wanted to say for any of these. So the best advice I've been given, I think it comes from life coach Brooke Castillo. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says, discomfort is the currency for your dreams. And I that's one of those things that I revisit again and again in my head. Every time something feels too hard or feels too scary or just feels like, something within my entire body is resisting me doing it I have to remember that on the other side of that discomfort is normally everything you're looking for it's the growth it's the connection it's the money whatever it is you're trying to trying to reach so yeah discomfort is the currency for your dreams oh that's good I love that yeah snappy as well right yeah looks looks good on a post-it absolutely yeah (laughs) oh I'm gonna have to think about that one sometime that's good (laughs) so how do you think you've changed over the last 10 years? It's, it's interesting that this one says 10 years. It's so perfect for me because mm-hmm. I am creeping to 40. Mm-hmm. And when I was 30, I had my daughter, Orla. Mm-hmm. And 
she was sort of the catalyst for all of the change that I've spoken about for me starting my business for me showing up online in a different way and for the biggest period of growth and transformation that I've ever had in my life so how I've changed in the last 10 years is a phenomenal amount um Mm -hmm. starting with becoming a mom becoming a business owner but more kind of more crucially I suppose the change in my relationship with myself my self-belief and my self-worth and I can remember like to give it an example 10 years ago I must have been like 30 29 28 you know literally 10 years ago my -hmm. husband then just my boyfriend applying for a position we both worked in special schools and he was applying for some promotion maybe to deputy head or something and he'd written like the essay portion of an application form and I was sat on the sofa and I was like would you like me to take a look at it for you and he (laughs) he was just like no it's fine I'll send it to my Mm mum and I was like I remember just this 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 tension in my head of me thinking I think I could be really good at looking at that for him And then not speaking up for myself and not saying, what do you mean you don't want me to look at it? Like, do you not realize that these are things I'm really good at, like mm-hmm. writing and, and persuasion and all of those things? Just not having the self-belief to advocate for myself and then letting him send it to his mom. And then I remember reading it at the very end and thinking there's still grammatical mistakes in this that neither <laughs> of them have picked up on that would make me not want to give you the job. Um, versus now, he, he works for me. And yeah, there was no part of me that would hesitate now to, to say well first of all he would immediately come and ask me because he knows that I would be the mm-hmm. best person to help him with that but also like I would go right now give it to me like I need to look at this for you I can mm-hmm. see things that you can improve on this I wouldn't even ask for permission necessarily mm-hmm. I would just be like of course you want my help and of course I have something to give and it's you know it's a huge shift mm-hmm. I suspect 10 year ago me and anyone who's still in that space it almost sounds like arrogance where I am Mm -hmm. now I certainly would have thought it was but it's not coming from a place of arrogance it's just coming from a place of like certitude of knowing what I'm good at and what I'm not if he was like here's an account sheet with lots of mathematical formulas there's no part of me that would go hey let me take a look at it I would go that's that's great for you honey go you could take that away (laughs) but you know if it's in my wheelhouse now I advocate for myself. I have my own back. I I appreciate the things I'm good at and I expect the people around me to appreciate it too. And now I'm surprised when they don't, whereas back then I think I would have been surprised when they did. Mm, Yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it? I think, especially talking about the age, you know, know, I'm 42 this year. So I really get that, that kind of like, as you mature, and I don't know whether I like that word, but as you get a bit older, you kind of feel like more self-assured and you're yeah. able to advocate for yourself in a way that I couldn't have done either when I was 29 yeah. or 30. Like, yeah. I just couldn't. Um, yeah, really interesting. And that whole talking about that kind of self-belief and that growth, and I know that's something we've talked about together before. And I think that is something that does come with age as well, really. Yeah. And it's interesting you say like, I don't like the word mature necessarily. And then getting older doesn't sound particularly <laughs> positive either. And you know what popped into my head when you said that? I was like, we escaped. That's what happens <laughs> is that you, a, a certain point comes where you get to escape from, from all of that trap that yeah. is to put on you when you're younger. And, you know, it's, it's half a lifetime's work just to untangle yourself from it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot. Sometimes there's just so much work to do, isn't there, on those things that happen and then what comes and mm. and how that makes you think and feel as a person. And you carry that around for a long time. And yeah, yeah 
I have hope though that we're all going to be like super sorted as 90 year olds like oh. we are going to be in that nursing home <laughs> just zen oh, it's gonna be amazing. yeah <laughs> watch out world yeah. <laughs> so who is a woman that has inspired you and why again these are hard questions I okay I went with Tori Amos oh. partly because I'm going to go and see her tonight um so she's on my mind and she has been like I, I discovered her music as a young teenager and felt less mm. immediate connection. So she has literally been the soundtrack to my life. I don't think there's ever mm. gone a week where I have not listened to Dory was mm. in the last 30 years. Um, and one thing that I really take inspiration from with her career is the tenacity. She has not stopped putting out mm. albums. She has not stopped creating. She has not stopped moving forwards and evolving. Even when the the music scene has completely changed the reporting about her started to shift even mm-hmm. when her fan base started to get quite negative and didn't like the new direction she was going in even mm-hmm. when then she hit like 50 and 60 and, and went from this transition of like you know being the young beautiful pop starlet to being an older woman that's seen and, and having to kind of navigate all of that every single part of that to me she's always been kind of just a few steps ahead of me in the in in navigating life so which is really convenient because it means that she's always written a couple of albums about it that I can turn to <laughs> when it shows up in my life and yeah I find it super inspiring just that she's managed to weather all of those storms and keep doing what she loves because it's I don't know it's something we can take for granted in the creators that we admire like mm. of course they'll keep writing the books of course they'll keep putting the music out but when you do your own creative work whatever that means I think you start to appreciate that actually sometimes the hardest thing to do is to put out another piece of work is to be judged by the people who have already appreciated you or who you know if you had previous success to risk failure now like all of those challenges um feel very relatable to me and her navigation of it is very inspiring Oh yeah, definitely. That having somebody to kind of look towards who's making those moves and kind of showing you that it, anything's possible is yes. yeah, really inspiring. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, and also I'm hoping one day we'll be best friends. So Tori, if you're listening, hi. Call, call me, call me. Let's do coffee. I mean, it's possible. Yeah. Anything's, anything's possible. Exactly. I believe in that. I do too. Um, okay. Do you have a favorite quote or saying? I do. Actually, this was an easy one because mm-hmm. it's it's been my favorite quote for a really long time. It's from a Danish poem, so it's the translated line, and it says, mm-hmm. Within you is a world of spring. I really like mm-hmm. I really well, I love the imagery of it alone, but also, mm-hmm. you know, spring, we're nearly there now. It's yeah. that season of kind of you think everything's dead and dormant, you think it's over and that things waking up. Yeah. And kind of, you know, there's that slightly uh slightly horny energy of spring where it's just like a bit giddy and the sun is shining and the rabbits are at it and the plants are everywhere and the bees are humming and it's that that's in you even if you forget about it and it's a world of spring as in it's never going to run out it's going to keep on coming when you need it I love that I just love that whole notion oh it's, yeah yeah totally and spring to me is that we've had this period of rest so the bulbs are under the surface resting yes. and they're kind of getting ready to kind of put on their show and what you're doing is sort of indicating that rest is really important I think in my like that I just yeah. I like that 
Yeah, we forget yeah. that, right? Like nothing in nature blooms no. all year round. And yet there is an expectation that we put on ourselves to be like a cherry blossom tree that never stops being yeah. in flower. Like, yeah. yeah and we get perfect. bored to that if it was out in flower all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And also it would die because it yeah. uses so much of its energy and so much, like it takes a year then to recover to be able to do that again. Yeah. And we don't give ourselves that grace period. Definitely. So in your opinion, this is another hard one, I'm sorry. (laughs) What are some of the biggest challenges that women face today and what could we do to overcome them? This is the hardest one. (laughs) Sorry. You know why it's so hard as well? Because I I immediately recognised that my brain was like, well, you've got to mention this and you can't not mention this and this and this. Which is, I suppose, like a people pleasing instinct of like, I just want to make sure I, I, you know, I give a shout out to everyone's problems, which would be a whole podcast series if I don't mention your problem listener doesn't mean I don't see it and acknowledge it I just want to say that Mm. um but yeah I mean I have so many thoughts about this and obviously it's Mm. still misogyny and patriarchy and how Mm. they show up and how in some ways it's kind of become more nuanced and changed the way that we have to battle those things because people don't necessarily even see it Mm. um but I wanted to touch on as well a thing that I see so much in the conversations I'm having with women through my work mm-hmm. is I think there's a whole issue around health and mm-hmm. women's health that the science doesn't seem to have completely kept up with or was never at pace with and so I speak to for example so many women with conditions that are causing them like crippling fatigue or muscle pain you know the kind of the fibromyalgia mm-hmm. the chronic fatigue syndrome mm-hmm. the POTS the autoimmune conditions but that are just kind of not fully understood not Mm. fully taken seriously like these things are so effing prevalent there are so many Mm. women I speak to who are dealing with them some are diagnoses some not Mm. I just think it's so interesting that like this is a real physical experience for lots of women and yet the scientific establishment the medical establishment is mostly telling us either there's nothing they can do or that it doesn't even exist yeah um and, you know, women's healthcare in general, like I read a really interesting thing on Subset the other day that was talking about um, how how many articles, how many like lovely magazine articles and blog posts for women helping you with things like infidelity or, you know, chronic fatigue or infertility or whatever. The recommendation is to go and do some journaling, <laughs> to sit down and do some journaling about it. And like, I love journaling. I'm yeah, with them on too. that. Yeah. When was the last time anyone told a man to go and journal about it? Yeah. Especially about a health issue. Like, are we doing that? I don't think we're doing that. My husband's never been told to journal. Yeah. And there's something in that that, like, it's given back to us. Like, and if you're not journaling, maybe it's your own fault that you're not Mm. happy. Maybe it's your own fault that you're ill because you're not journaling enough and you're not meditating enough and you're not doing enough sun salutations at dawn. And yeah, I could rant about this at length, as you may be able to pick up. I do think we're letting women down and I genuinely believe like 20 years from now when the research is caught up it'll be like something like MS which in the up until the 70s they thought was hysteria they thought it was a psycho mm. like a psychosomatic thing women were saying they couldn't feel their feet but there was nothing physically wrong surely it's in their heads mm. and then they invented the CAT scan and realized it was lesions on the brain and it's mm. more prevalent in women because it has I think an autoimmune component or whatever so you know I, I think that there's a lot of things like that that we are just taking the blame for unnecessarily and not getting the help that we deserve that maybe would exist if it was happening to men 
Yeah, absolutely. I know so many women that have had to advocate so hard for their own health and push back and back. And I'm sure that is the case with lots of conditions. And I know that obviously, for instance, the NHS is very stretched at the moment, but... But it's no better in like the US or anywhere else. No, it's not. Yeah. And you write the research and the science and, you know, the, the kind of focus and a lot of the studies were done a long time ago that... just don't really help um women to understand what's going on and we've talked before about kind of things like medication and we've got different health conditions and and it just doesn't feel like it's a kind of process that is thought of from different genders perspective Um, completely Yeah, yeah completely um, and I think it's probably changing as more women get into those research and medical fields. And also, mm. like, shout out to the men who do do that work mm. and advocate and get it. I know that they exist as well. But, yeah, it's um, it's frustrating. It's so frustrating when you think. I, I always think of it as, like, you know, it's biology, it's chemistry. A solution mm. exists in the universe. Mm. But, unfortunately, until human consciousness catches up with the idea that women deserve to be well, uh, we're not going to find it. So, definitely yeah yeah love that you brought that because it's one something I'm really passionate about as well so yeah amazing awesome I'm glad we're on the same page yeah I'm gonna be listening angry right now but I'm sorry that's how I feel yeah definitely it's allowed we're allowed to be angry yeah of course what advice would you give to young women who are just starting their careers and looking to make an impact I think it's about tuning out all of the noise around you and all of the influence and trying to just create from your purest self which is a hard thing to do at any time and especially I think when you're young and you've not tested these things but there's so much pressure on us to be a certain way to show up a certain way to make a certain kind of impact and actually Mm -hmm. if my career and, and the work of all the women around me has taught me anything it's that your unique voice your unique strengths and weaknesses will create the most valuable version of whatever you're going to do in the world so yeah it's like kind of Go off and find your own path, even if that means you're in a corporate job by day and you're not really seen, but you go home and you make YouTube videos about something Mm -hmm. that's just lights you up for three people. Keep with it because that thing is the thing that's going to take you where you want to go in the long run. You just have to trust it. Yeah. Oh, that. Yeah, definitely. I think I've heard you sort of say that in various group coaching sessions that people tapping into what makes them different and what makes them sometimes weird is what people love yes exactly because oh my god we can get the vanilla the you know the sterile the clean and perfect anytime we want it in abundance Mm -hmm. where do we get the real humans and in those coaching calls it's always so fascinating because when it's a real life case study of one person Mm -hmm. I think it's really easy to see isn't it it'll be like someone going oh well I can't you know we had one last week where she was like I can't tell my story right now because my dream house burnt down and now Mm -hmm. I'm living in like a rented house and I was like are you kidding me that story is gold like I'm really sorry for you but imagine being able to follow someone through that journey but for her like she thought it was a flaw she thought the fact that she didn't have her perfect house anymore would would cause rejection Mm. and I promise you whoever you are listening to this whatever the thing is in your head that you think people will reject you for is actually like the magic glue that will make people love you with their whole heart yeah definitely it kind of opens you up and makes you real and people love realness especially we've got so many you know ways to look at a very sterilized or very beautiful way of life you know we can Mm. look on Instagram and see beautiful pictures and that's great I love that but also that realness is something that we all need because we all feel like 
we're not doing great at times and just seeing other people also not doing great helps us to realize we're not kind of unique we've all got problems absolutely absolutely and just it's just more interesting isn't it I think it's way more interesting (laughs) absolutely you know they're the people I go to to look at you know they're the people I search out so exactly you're like oh I wonder what happened to that woman whose house burnt down I need to find out where she's up to whereas you're never like I wonder what happened to that person whose life is always perfect and always has been and always will be you kind of like oh I know how her life is it's perfect yeah exactly yeah so what's the biggest lesson you've learned I think for me, the answer to this is don't believe everything you think, mm. which it's one of those like Pinterest sayings, isn't it? But <laughs> it's so flipping true that I have been at very many intervals in my life completely convinced that something is true, completely mm. undeniably convinced, only to be proven completely wrong. And the problem, of course, is not even just that you're wrong, but that all of the action you take in your life from a place of convinced of one thing takes you in just the complete wrong direction. So, you know, if you if you convince yourself that something's not possible for you, you're never going to test that theory. You're never going to try and make it happen. You're never going to see if you were wrong. That's kind of like the simplest expression of that, but it shows up everything. You know, when you're convinced that someone's angry at you, mm. you don't really know why, you just feel it in your gut. Mm. Like, I have spent a lot of my life believing those feelings and acting mm. correspondingly when you're convinced that like you're going to fail at something when you're convinced that I don't know someone doesn't really like you and they're just pretending all of those stories in my head and I think it's hard especially for women a lot of us are very empathic empathetic mm. empath- whichever version of that word is the right one <laughs> empathic or <laughs> empathetic like I'm especially if you've maybe had past trauma you can become super super attuned to the people around you and super attuned to the energy in the room and you almost can tell you almost can read other people to a degree Mm. but I think that that makes it worse that then we're able to always convince ourselves we almost can read other people's minds and we know what they're thinking and we're sure how this is going to go and actually turns out not psychic (laughs) and um yeah don't believe everything you think yeah taking on that extra kind of it's almost like a burden isn't it if you're believing other people think things or you're feeling things instinctively I totally agree I'm kind of a little bit empathetic and I can feel feelings um I think I can um well I think it is real to a degree yeah yeah but but it does add so much more there's so much more drama and there's so much more stress in your life if you're kind of you know constantly turning over the oh have I made that person cross is that oh have I made them unhappy and yes I saw a really good thing on Tumblr of all places the other day that was Mm. like I am no longer responding to subtext and it was just someone saying like Mm. you know I've been through abuse or trauma in my life and Mm. I learn as a coping mechanism to read the subtext like why is a body language like that she sounds a bit sad she sounds a bit quiet why is she banging a cup on the side and you read all into those things Mm. keep yourself safe and then try and people please to the subtext right you're like she seems a bit mad I need to adjust how I'm responding Mm. and basically what it was concluding was like if you're angry you need to tell me you're angry I will not pick up on clues I will not respond to clues because it's not good for my mental health and we're Mm. adults and you can just tell me if you're angry and I so relate to that like it is exhausting responding to the subtext Mm. constantly scanning and we can be wrong and especially if you're like hyper attuned to it from trauma you're often wrong so to just let that go and say okay like I'm just going to trust the people in my life that if I need to know something they'll tell me otherwise I'm just going to assume everything's fine so much relief in that 
Oh yeah, that sounds like such a nicer way to be than yeah. kind of worrying all the time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, what that actually looks like in practice is me, like say with my husband, he's giving me the like something's not okay vibes very deliberately, mm. and I'll be like, I'm not responding to subtext. <laughs> is there something you want to tell me? Yeah. So it still kind of is me responding to subtext in reality, yeah. but I'm hoping with practice we might get a little bit better at that. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so how have you seen women's roles in society evolve during your lifetime? I think about this one, I think when when I was little, my mum would take me to school, take me and my siblings to school. And it was mm. all the mums, only mums were doing the drop off, really. Mm. And then they would go for coffee and cake. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'd just spend the day. And then like we didn't have much money. So my mum would she loved to shop, but she'd just go around like bargain shops and charity mm. shops. And then I think once a week she had to do some ironing and then she'd pick us up. Mm. And <laughs> get very stressed out about making us tea and I just think about that now and I think god like in just our lifetimes women have gone from like a lot of women not all women of course because financially it wasn't possible for everyone but a lot of women when they had kids that was their role they stayed at home got the kids to and from school now I don't know anyone where both people in a household don't work kids or no kids Mm -hmm. to afford a mortgage now if you're in a couple both of you have to work Mm. and that's just like the assumption now I mean my mum was saying to us not long ago she was like well all my children have got nicer houses than I did at your age she's mm-hmm. kind of slightly jealously mm-hmm. um and I was like well yeah that's true but for all of us like both people work like full time yeah. to afford that and I think there's so many knock-on things that come from that because of course we are now expected to contribute 50 percent of the household income but we're still mm-hmm. expected to be a really good parent, to parent like we don't have a job, to show up to our job like we don't have kids if we do have kids. Mm. Um, We're still expected to have a perfect home, in fact, more than ever, because now you need to be able to show it on social media. Mm. So you can't, your house can't be a tip. Now Mm. we're we're still expected to be beautiful. That's not changed, Mm. except I think that's got worse because now in the age of like YouTube makeup tutorials and like I look at the kids going to high school around here now, the girls, and I just think, oh my god like what would they have thought of how we all looked at high school (laughs) no like it wasn't even GHDs you couldn't even properly straighten your hair you had those metal ones that kind of like scraped against your hair and didn't actually do anything or or crimpers or something like the makeup was was innocent and very DIY Mm. now they're like baking and contouring and showing up like Kardashians and that pressure is so much more acute you've got to be so much more polished and beautiful from a young age you've got to do nail art now you've got to do like I mean I'm probably exaggerating some of it but you know you've got to have a social media audience you've got to have followers that starts young right you've got to be good at those skills and all of that squished into the tiny bit of time you now have where you're not doing your full-time job Mm. I just think it's so much pressure it's so many roles and of course men have similar pressures but for women like it's not been evenly lifted you know the caring responsibilities whether it's parents whether it's children whatever that is haven't when I look around my friendship group haven't gone okay now we're doing 50 50 so we have to split that 50 50 it still kind of defaults to being the woman's job um and there's so many instances of that like the cleaning I know so many uh, male female couples where the men just don't clean even though mm. they both work full-time because they see that as a woman's job like just just so many of those defaults that are still embedded in our systems um that mean 
yeah, we're kind of trying to do two full-time jobs and look amazing while we do it and be thin and not eat sugar and do <laughs> yoga and journal. Don't forget to journal. Oh yeah, journaling, gosh. If you feel bad about the fact that you don't have time to sleep, maybe you should be journaling more. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so true, isn't it? And I see it even around my friendship groups as well, that kind of difference in what people do in the house and yeah. how people kind of split the division of labour. And and sometimes it's more even, like I yeah. don't know if we do it more evenly, but on the whole, it really isn't. And it's interesting, isn't it, that we have changed to become full-time workers, but we, I don't know whether it's us as, as individuals or as, as women still feel that we need to do it, but there's also that expectation that we need yeah. to do it. You know, that You're right. Of, it's, it's partly a self-expectation, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like you can do it all. That's the message that was over the last 10 years. Yes. And it's, that's beginning to become less of the message, which I'm really pleased about, but it was, she can have it all. And it, that feels quite almost damaging in some ways really yeah, now think about yeah. it. at the time it didn't it felt empowering um but now I think about it it's kind of making you work harder and longer and in different ways in order to make it work and actually what you could do is just ask for help yeah and just choose intentionally which bits of it all that you actually yeah. want yeah because I think if you let them go not by choice you feel like a failure you know like mm. the days when you don't manage to look like a Kardashian yes. just to sit around the house <laughs> like those days you know and then you you kind of you then someone comes to the door and you're like crap I've been caught out I'm not perfect <laughs> now they know god yes. I can't go on I can't go live on stories or whatever because then they'll know that I'm yeah. not and yeah like instead going actually I don't need that why why do I think that that's something I need did I choose Mm -hmm. it did I put that in my brain intentionally or did someone give it to me and can I let go of it um and it's almost like asking yourself that about every single responsibility and belief you've picked up in life definitely yeah so this is a bit of an easy one I think (laughs) (laughs) who's your favorite female character in a book film or tv series I mean, it's an easy one, but then it's not easy because you're like, oh, but there's so many. I ended up on Leslie Nope from Parks and Recs. Oh. <laughs> and I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I recently rewatched the whole series. Yeah. But I also, maybe it's because I'm quite like her. It's also because, like, she's badass. She's really good. She gets shit done. Yeah. She knows what she's amazing at. But she's also, like, she's not turned into one of the boys to do it you know she doesn't she's not emulating masculinity in order to be strong she's still very stupid and ridiculous and Mm. art-led and soft and strong and I don't think we have that many examples of that no I remember reading a book you do kind of made me think of reading a book about um, I think it's by Mary Portis about this alpha culture that we take into the work so we have to be like men to yes. be powerful or to be strong yes. or to be, you know a certain way um yeah really interesting right like it's all like the idea that you check your humanity at the door yeah. to be taken seriously and mm-hmm. even like wearing suits and all of that stuff it's just actually none of that helps none of that like that's given us the late stage capitalist system that we're watching slowly die now yeah um and I really like examples of you know Leslie who's basically on her way to being president by the time that series ends uh by you know being herself yeah and that taps back into what we were saying earlier about what people want to see is you being yourself yeah absolutely that series would be so boring if it wasn't for her being bananas at the center of it yeah definitely eating waffles and (laughs) yeah going on adventures (laughs) yeah 
Um, so what have you learned from women? The final question. I think I've learned everything I know from women. Mm. Sorry, guys. There's no guys <laughs> listening to it. Let's be honest. No guys are listening to this. <laughs> yeah, everything. Everything mm. worth knowing I've learned from women. I've learned to unlearn all the rules to, mm. that none of what I thought was going to be true for life as a woman really is. And I think I learned most of that from 90s glossy magazines, which in hindsight was probably mm. not not the uh, guidebook to success and happiness that I expected them to be um yeah that all of the rules and all of the roles are fake and you get mm. to pick um I think I've learned to be soft to be strong and that the so-called soft skills and the so-called sort of feminine I hate even the cliches of all of those but you know all of those things actually they they are not indications of weaknesses. They are indications of flexibility and growth and insights and humanity. And those are generally very good things, whether it's in business or in friendships or just uh, just in whatever you're trying to do in the world. Mm. And I think women more than anything have shown me that if the system doesn't work, you know, the glass ceiling, if you can't smash through it, oh, fuck it, let's just work around it. Like that's women, that's the women's energy to me. It's like, right okay let's just leave that then we'll go over here and do our own thing and (laughs) and we'll get it done in half the time and that energy for me that's what women have given me that just slight exasperation Mm. and a desire to just roll up my sleeves and get on with it and Mm. get it done because we're really awesome at that yeah definitely definitely the the rules I think is really interesting because I do think I I personally think that that is something that's come to me as I've got older again yeah. um but I just feel like I've, I've unlearned lots of stuff as I've got to this point in my life and I took all the rules on I don't know about you like when I was yeah. a proper job you know the nine to five proper job I took all those rules on and I was really keen to, to kind of do them because it's what society said I should do but yeah. yeah that unlearning and I do think I've learned that from a lot of different I can think of lots of different women who have taught me that unlearning definitely Yes. And it's so powerful, but then it makes you wonder, where do we learn these things in the first place? Like, because mm. we're not born with them, right? Who okay. gives us these rules and all these lies that we like, okay, okay, that's how to be happy. That's how to be valued. Mm. That's how to be wanted. Yeah. And then I think every single one of us then spends most of our thirties yeah. having to go, oh, that was another lie. Right. Okay. <laughs> and figure it out for ourselves. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, that comes to the end of the questions. Did I pass? <laughs> yeah, Did I pass? yeah, definitely. <laughs> Absolute flying colours. <laughs> Do you want to tell people where they can find you online? Well, sure. So my brand online is called Me and Orla. Orla is my daughter that started it all with me. And so you can find me at meandorla.co.uk. I'm on Substack. You can look for my name, Sarah Tasker, or Entre Nous, which is the name of my pronounce that badly by the way of my sub stack it means between us um I'm on Instagram I'm on Twitter for as long as Twitter still exists and my podcast is called hashtag authentic yes and you've been um writing on Substack for a while now but you've just gone paid haven't you which is exciting. this week yes yeah. apparently it's been one of the UK's like fastest ever paid super launches whatever those words mean I don't know Amazing. I'm just quoting but um yeah it's been it's been an adventurous week hasn't it it's been a bit wild yeah (laughs) so good (laughs) okay well thank you so much for joining me I've really loved chatting to you 
Same. It's always a joy to talk with you, Claire. You just, yeah, you make so many parts of my brain light up with new ideas. I love talking to you. Oh, you are wonderful. You can find me over on Instagram at grow underscore with underscore moxie, or you can email me at hello at clairecoupland.co.uk. I'm also on Substack under Moments of Moxie. The podcast will also be hosted over there as well as in all the other places that you can find it. Thank you for listening. And if you like this, press subscribe so you can get the next episode straight in your feed. I hope you're having a really wonderful week. I'll speak to you soon.